starting? Yeah. Oh. We already started. Yo. Episode 13. What up, world? I am Ali Razamelik. This is Pakistan, and I am Atif Atik. Let's do this. I don't really have anything to talk about this week. We yeah, just... we usually come in with a plan, but today we have no plan. Yeah. Um, Maybe no plan is a good plan. All right, well... Um, do, you, do you have, like, a five-year plan? Do you believe in that kind of stuff? Uh, vaguely. Like, I, I don't believe in, like, a five-year plan that if I, if I don't follow, then everything goes to shit. Do you think most people have five-year plans and that, that are very rigid? I don't... I mean, if they do, that's really scary. I mean, yeah. that fits for some people. That they mm-hmm. have like, all right, at 32, I'm going to have married, I'm going to be married, 34, I'm going to have one kid at, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I, like they have their, the name of their kid before they're even married. Yeah, but I, 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 I consider that more like milestones or benchmarks, not really like a plan. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe it, it's the same thing. It, it, well, okay, so a five-year plan. Right now. What would be in your five-year plan? What would be in my five-year plan? All right, I'm 29. So by the time I'm 34, mm-hmm. my five-year plan is crazy. Like, I want to win an Oscar. Like, by, in five years? Mm-hmm. Like, and like, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. I've never made a film. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what, at what point I'm going to do that. But just like, fuck it. If I can start making films now, I could maybe win an Oscar in five years. I mean, that's it's how possible. I think There's things. plenty of people that win Oscars on their first films. Yeah. So that's, that's how I take the five-year plan, especially because we have such unstructured career paths, right? Yeah. So in five years, I could be making like $800,000 a year or mm-hmm. 30, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably, not, I'm pro- I don't, I don't want to make 30. Yeah. But my five-year plan is just to do better than I did th- yeah, this year. Yeah, but I, I, I think that that's a very, I mean, I think it's natural to just want to be better than you are at the moment or be in a better place. But when I think of five-year plan, I think people who are very strategic about like what their next steps are. Like, they have a position doing sales at this company, and in x x amount of months they want to be in this position. Right. In x amount of years they want to be in this position. But that makes sense because there's an actual ladder to follow. Yeah. Right. You can go from sales to from sales planner to sales manager to sales executive right, to right, sales right. blah blah to sales. Blah, I guess blah. I don't have that, so it's hard for me to think in those terms. You can think about. Uh, like how many employees you're going to have under underneath you in five years? Yeah, but like, you know what? So every time I've made a plan for my life or every time I've kind of mapped out where my life would go, it hasn't gone in that direction. Okay. And yeah, me neither. I don't think I've ever been disappointed with that. It's right. always, you know, I, I'm going down this one path and I take this road to the left instead of right. And I end up in a place where that I'm happy with, and I don't ever regret like, oh, what if I went down the other road? Um, so anytime I thought I would go down one road, I'd always I, I ended up going down the other. Okay, I'm not gonna introduce parallel universes yet. <laughs> but yeah, let's not get confused over here. Let's right, so let's take one of those points. Did you think that you were going to be like a photographer after college? Like that was going to be like a thing? Because you went to Jordan. All right, this is a little backstory on Atif. Yeah. After college, Atif went to Jordan to shoot for a magazine. I was photo editing. Photo editing. Well, yeah. you were taking photos also. Yeah, I was, but okay. mainly photo editing. That's and we saw videos of you just like driving around the desert and getting lost oh, yeah. and shit like that. And we were just like, we're never going to see him again. <laughs> so that Yeah, was... so I never thought that after college I would go to the Middle East and work for a men's magazine photo editing, you know, but I completely am thrilled that I have that experience. And you were what? You were 22? Yeah. Well, 21, 22? 21, whenever, however you are when you're like graduating. Right. 
Um, and I literally, like, a few months after I graduated, went to Jordan. I thought I was going to stay in New York and become a photographer, you mm-hmm. know? Like, but, you know, that experience was completely valuable to me. And then at the same time, I started, you know, before I left, I'd started that clothing line, Vane. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, that I thought that I would... I thought that that's what I was going to be doing. When you started doing it, you thought that when was I thought, be... When I started doing Bane, I went, I went all in thinking that this is what I was going to be doing. Um, and then that magazine opportunity came up and I was like, okay, I got to take a break from this for a second and go explore that because I thought it was a really interesting opportunity. Hold on. So you were... When, uh, let's talk about Vane for a second because okay. you were in Jordan and you ha- saw this opportunity, so you came back here? No, I started Vane before... What, what had happened is I started Vane while I was still in college, senior oh, year. Oh, just like shirts? Yeah, we were just making t-shirts. And it was kind of like a project that me and my buddy Eric did. All right, so start from the beginning. Like, yeah. Vane is your, like, a fashion apparel company. Yeah, yeah. My buddy Eric and I started a fashion brand called Vane in college. And basically, we just, in the beginning, it was just kind of like everyone around us was getting jobs. They were going on interviews. They were going to career fairs. And Eric and I were like, yo, none of this sounds like something that we want to do. <laughs> So we didn't go to any of that, and before we knew it, it was time to graduate, and we were like, shit, we should probably look into what our next steps will be. Where, was Eric in, what school was Eric in? Was he in Stern? Steinhardt. Steinhardt, okay. Yeah, so I think he was journalism and like graphic design. Okay, right, okay. And so, and you were photography. And I was photography, yeah. All right. So then Eric and I came together, and we had this idea of creating some, you know, taking part in this subculture called streetwear. So we started making t-shirts and sold them to our friends and it mm-hmm. did well. Like we sold all the t-shirts that we made the first round and then we made a couple more and then we just kept on taking that money and investing back into the company and making more t-shirts. And, you know, for a little bit it was doing well, but it was like, you know, a, a small project where we were just fucking selling t-shirts to our friends right. and friends of friends. But when I went to Jordan, <clears throat> things really started to pop off. Like the brand was getting States. recognized, we uh-huh. were getting press. There was, you know, there was interest in, in the brand in, in a larger way. And Eric um, was working on it pretty much by himself. And I was doing whatever I could from Jordan. And it got to a point where it was just like, I either have to come back and give this my all or I have to step away from mm-hmm. it. Um, just to put this in context, this is nine years ago. This is nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. This is how far back we're going. Um, so then I, I come back and I full-time start wor- uh, working on Vane. So again, like... After I graduated, I didn't think I was going to go to Jordan. Once right. I went to Jordan, I didn't think I was right. going to come back that quickly. Right. And when I came back, I didn't know that the clothing line was as popular as it was when right, I came right. back. For sure. So, um, so all these, you know, all these things just keep on happening in my life that I don't expect. So I have to follow follow the path that I can't follow the path that I think I should be on. I, should, I I'm just following the path that I'm on. It doesn't seem that way. It seems like whatever path you're on, you keep diverging from, right? Like Yeah, from... but not intentionally because there are circumstances that need my attention and call for me to go that way. Sure, but it, they're not associated, right? It's not like from Jordan, you saw another photographing opportunity in yeah. New York and you were just like, well, that seems a little bit better than the Jordan one, so I'm going to go over there. Yeah, You completely sidestepped and started doing fashion. And then you started making shoes and your shoes were... Yeah, that's another thing that we didn't think would happen, right? Yeah. We thought we were just making clothing. We were just going to do some apparel. And then to step back for a second, we did a, Vane did a collaboration with Sebago, the boat Sebago, shoe company. Right. Yeah. 
And we wanted to do a collab with a shoe brand because we had no idea of how to make shoes. So the only logical thing to do was to collaborate with a brand that had all these facilities and all these uh, processes in place so that they could help us make the shoe. So it was it, it's it's incredible that this is how it went. We literally sent an email to the website contact email that was help right. at sebago.com. Right. Not thinking that we would get any response. What was the email? Just be like, we want to make some shoes. No, no. There was a whole presentation. There was okay. a deck. There was an idea. There was a plan for how we would execute it. Like It was a fully like done idea. But we didn't know who would see it. We didn't think that mm-hmm. like we would get somebody interested in, in it off of that email. Send it to like their marketing department. No, like no. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we got an email, I think from the CEO. Really? Being like, I saw this presentation. We'd like for you to come in and chat with us. And that's how the Sebago vein collaboration happened. And that, that lasted for a while. <clears throat> yeah, that lasted for a couple of years. And it allowed us to open a store in the Lower East Side where we sold the shoes and you know our clothing. Um, and that we had the store there for like two years. Um, and then, you know. And even from that, you started doing photo shoots for Sebago. So yeah, like I started doing that... photo shoots for Sebago and other brands that we were talking like. In the back end, Bain was doing a lot of consulting, and that meant just helping, you know, helping these brands that were trying to be cool or trying right. to appeal to this like younger downtown New York demographic that we had access to. A lot of brands came to us to like get access to that. Um, so we would do a lot of consulting work in the back end and that would require like creating imagery or creating visuals, doing websites, all that. So I learned how to make websites and I learned how to, you know, shoot video. Right. Oh, really? That's when it started? Yeah, was that like yeah. the, the seed that was planted then yeah. with the Sebago? That's how you started doing your video? Well, I started doing video because the 5D Mark II came out okay. and I was like, oh, this is a photo camera right. that shoots video. Right. It's perfect. Right. Um, but anyway, again, I remember that. I remember that moment. I remember the first video by Vincent LaFleurette that came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a crazy it was a moment movie. in camera history. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, this, the this, point is, yeah, this is a little tangential, but in like, this also makes me think about people who follow like that, like a career path yeah. versus what we're doing. Right. Cause what we're doing is a little bit more high risk because we kind of have to day to day, we have to figure out our shit. We're, we're our own account managers and things like that. And there's no guarantee that like we're, there's no like we're getting promoted, right? Like, no, no. It's just like we're just going to be making more money if we work yeah. more, and yeah. people find us and we sell ourselves more. However, you, like you, you took a step away from photography, but like photography is like your thing, right? Like it's not you're not going to forget how to be a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. And something that I always consider is that like if I stayed on my original path, which is finance, I don't know if like the whole the whole like banking crisis right Mm -hmm. if what i would have done if i stayed in finance right Right. if my if i worked for one company and if any other company would even give a give a shit about me right right versus me being a graphic designer i know how to do graphic design for any company like my skills are transferable everywhere Mm -hmm. and that makes me feel like really secure about my career because you can pivot away from photography for a while do fashion and then have your connects ask you to do photography again, mm-hmm. make more connects and start finding something else to do like videography. Yeah. yeah You're never going to forget how to make money off being a photographer. Th- that's true. And it's also true that you'll never stop taking photos. Like once you consider yourself a photographer, or feel that you're a photographer, like you'll, you'll photograph, you'll, you'll find ways to photograph yeah. and you won't, you won't even have to look that hard. You know what I mean? Right. It's It'll not, be right in front of you. And I don't want to like just to, 
All right, just go ahead. A, toot your own horn. Right, just to throw no, just throw a uh, little shade uh, at like uh, finance people, but you're not gonna like pivot away from finance and just like still open up Excel and just be like, I wonder what this valuation is gonna look like. Oh really? I, no, I don't know. You no, know, like if you if you let's say you're doing finance for a while, right? Yeah. And then you pivot away and you do I don't, fucking consulting or accounting, right? You're you know how to do valuations. But you're not going to do valuations in your spare time. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. I mean. You're not going to yeah, sit yeah. at home and be like, like oh. yo, can't wait to open up that spreadsheet right. and I get cracking. Yahoo's doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, See yeah. what Yahoo's five-year plan so is going So what you're saying is you don't stay in practice in the same way that you would. No, I mean, like, some people do, right? But some yeah. people, it's just a job. Right, right, some right. Some people, right. It's, like a, it's like a way of life. And that, those people are, are going to be following uh, stocks and, and investments all their entire lives because they love doing it, right? Yeah. But for people who treat jobs as jobs... Yeah. And they, they, their, their five-year plan is the only thing that matters and how they're going to climb up and up and up and up and be the president of fucking, I don't know, craft. I don't know. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, there can be only be one president of craft. Right. And he's going to live or she's going to live for, like, the next, like, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was a little tangential. Almost too tangential. Well, it, it, it got me thinking about something, though. Um, I feel like today... Um, more than ever, I hear more and more people saying that they're unhappy with their jobs and they're thinking about doing something else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a few reasons for that. One is that information is so available now that if you wanted to learn how to do something else it's, and, you know, you know the proper channels to do the research with, um, I wanna, you can. I want to shout out Skillshare right now because okay. have you used Skillshare at all? Um, no. All right. Uh, I use Linda, though. I've, oh, you have? Yeah. Okay, so Skillshare is now following a subscription-based model. Yeah. So it, for those people who just want to learn how the fuck to do something, right? If you go to Skillshare for 10 bucks a month, you can use every single resource on their website. And it's awesome. No. $10 a month is better. It, it's like it's like paying for Spotify or, or, or Dropbox or, yeah. or Netflix, right? For $10 a month, you can learn how to do photography or do lettering or do yeah but is it is it like a basic level or does it get pretty advanced it it's so the way skillshare works is that like you or i can host a class yeah and it's all online and yeah. we just have like four or five videos and then we're also surveying all the work that's being done and giving comments yeah. right so it can go so that's considered like beginner level when someone like us we don't we don't have too much clout yeah uh and then the more advanced levels are you know someone like john contino who is this renowned letterist and graphic designer yeah. he has his own classes too okay and print studios that are like severely profitable and like have the best clients ever is they have their own um, classes too yeah so you can go through any level and it's all just like the same price Oh, so that's cool. Yeah, that I mean, we're not sponsored by Skillshare. I wish we were. Uh, yeah. From someone from Skillshare wants to hit us up. <laughs> but it's just yeah. So there are resources available. Like I've used Linda. Linda is a similar thing, but I don't think that you and I can just sign up. I think Linda is more like professionals Professional, yeah. or or uh, professors that teach this stuff, teach classes on Linda. Right. And they give you course material to work with, and you know you follow a regimen and all that. Um, yeah, so yeah, like so I feel like platform. one reason why I hear more people talking about doing their own thing is that it's become easier to learn other things that right. you're interested in. Um, two, I feel like there's this there's this culture that's encouraging people to explore their individual creativity that in a way that I don't think existed before. 
Are you talking specifically about like a New York thing or just in general? Maybe it's just a New York thing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, again, I I live in like the New York bubble, so right. I, 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 I can only speak about what I see. But do you feel that that's, there's a lot of that going on? Well, uh, I've seen that people are kind of exposing their talents more. Oh, so there's, but, but staying on their path. But staying on their path. Hmm. That's another thing, you know, like you can't, like some people are afraid to make their hobby their job. Yeah. Because if you do, then you start losing the romantic, the, the romantic part of your hobby, which is just like, I love doing it just for doing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Um, I mean, you felt that way before, right? Have you felt that way? You feel, you feel that way about uh, photography sometimes when if it gets too commercial. Um, I, I think for me, when I'm taking photos, no matter what it is, if I'm there and shooting it, I'm going to try not to be miserable about okay. it. Like if I'm shooting like an architecture, if I'm shooting for a real estate company and they want me to shoot like an apartment and that's the most dry, boring thing that you can probably shoot, um, I'll still like try to go in and do the best that I can and try and enjoy it. I just don't feel like it's productive to be miserable and be doing something that you've always worked towards. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You spend so much of your time becoming yeah. really good at it. Yeah. So, okay. So wait, so what are we talking about right now? I don't so know. we went through a, a few different things. Well, I, what I was trying to get to is, do you think it's ever too late to quit what you're doing completely and start pursuing your passion or interest i think that james murphy started lcd sound system in his 30s mm -hmm. uh i think that haruki murakami you don't think you know i know well yeah okay it's so fact. james murphy started <laughs> lcd sound system in his 30s uh haruki murakami wrote his first book when he was like 33 you yeah. know like there are some people who can you know like they take like 20 years to get really good at something and then they're 40 and then they just start killing it because they're amazing yeah right? so if you really like horses and you're 30, just stop everything and just go find a horse and start a horse ranch. I, like, <laughs> like, just, like, go find a horse. Yeah. It, it, to me, to me, it, <clears throat> it, it's so much more worthwhile to, to see like your life as a 60 year plan, not a five year plan. Right. Yeah. And your 60 year plan should just be like, well, I kind of want to be happy for 60 years. Yeah. Not like I gotta be, I gotta have my 401k. I gotta have, I have to have like my college prepared for my kids. Uh, yeah. I have to have all this stuff ready for when I die. My kids are ready. Like fine. Like that's prudent, mm -hmm. but it just seems that it, if you prepare your entire life for the rest of your life and then you die, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like most people just pre prepare for their lives, yeah. their entire lives. Like and that concept just is crazy to me. And maybe this is more, we're, we can think more aligned in this way because we're freelancers. So yeah. we have a more flexible schedule. Uh, and it sucks in some ways. It's great in some ways. You know, like I'm going to be working all weekend. I'm not even know if I'm going to be able to go anywhere this weekend. But yeah, I mean, we're forced to think about the now as, right. a, as a freelancer. We have to think about the now. Right. The we, future doesn't. I don't, the future is completely gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, the future could be like, I could just, in, in a month, I could stop working altogether and just yeah. write movies. Just, that, that, that's yeah. just now my future and find some way to make it lucrative. Yeah. Right? And, uh, like, yeah. You can't do that if you're, if you're working for a company. You yeah. can't work for Google. Well, Google's not a good example. <laughs> you can't work for Microsoft and just being like, I feel like I'm going to work for the Microsoft movie division now. They're not yeah. going to let you do that. They're going to be like, no. <laughs> off, we, have to, we, have, we have movie people for that. Yeah. So, that, so that's a very kind of like specific lifestyle that we exhibit, right? Mm -hmm. I love it. 
yeah, love, yeah. dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it, it takes a certain type of person to be okay with the uncertainty that we live with. You know what else has you have to be okay with uncertainty with yeah. the now when you're doing improv? <laughs> don't go back to improv no but it, but it is improv like you do have to improv the, your our life. careers are improv yeah absolutely our careers are improv uh you got to think about now you got to think about what you're doing now yeah and you have to be able to just like immediately just decide yeah but i feel like improv you're making shit up as you go i don't feel like i'm making shit up as i go when i'm working i have made taken jobs just being like I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I just took the job and figured it out. And if you're going to make too. that analogy, though loose, I'll, okay, fine, I'll agree with All that. Right. There's some sort of balance of improv I'm just within saying that, the, our careers. I'm just saying that so we can book in this episode with more improv. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, when I went to undergrad, I don't, know if we, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I was a finance and marketing major. Mm-hmm. I knew this. You were in Stern. I was in Stern, yeah. Oh, I did talk about this because we did talk about a little bit of our roots. And about what? Our roots. Oh. So I talked about like how I started getting interested in graphic design and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. when I was a sophomore, I remember a senior came up to me and he's just like, you're not going to make it in finance. And I was what? like, yeah. Why? He just like, he, we were both part of the student council. No, was he being a dick? Or no, no, no. Oh. He was just like, dude, I've, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit, and I'm just telling you right now that you're smart, you can handle the numbers, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do well in finance. Okay, what was his reasoning? Because my personality didn't like. He he could tell that I just wasn't going to enjoy it based on my personality. Oh, 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 oh. It was like that kind of thing. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. That, like I. But it's not. It's, it's not something you're gonna love doing. Not in not the that sense, you can't do exactly. It. Not that I, I wouldn't be able to handle finance, but yeah. it was something that I would get. I would just immediately hate, like immediately. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and yeah. So I started. Was that was the just, first moment you thought you would hate it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh. think about it otherwise. Oh, really? And so I had an internship that summer at. Um, well, I don't even remember the name. Stanley, fucking whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Morgan Stanley. No, not Morgan Stanley. Uh. I don't. I don't even remember. It's like some Stanley private, Kubrick. No, no, that would be awesome. <laughs> it was like a private wealth management uh, group within Citigroup. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Stanley. Whatever. From, sorry, everyone who works there. I was recently thinking thinking about this idea of like where 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 we're at and where we come from and all right. that, right? And for me, it it really blows my mind where I am today because I come from like a really like rural town on the outskirts of Lahore in Pakistan. Right. And like right. it I can't there's a part of me that thinks about what my life would be like if, if you I stayed? had never come here. Like what would my life be? And I re, you know it's it's crazy that that one decision has changed my whole life because I could have just lived there. Right. It just as easily, like I could have just ended up there and not come to America. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I came here and now look at my life, it's crazy. Like where I come from, no one is in the position that I am in. For sure. Right. Like you just stay there and you, you know, you either figure out a way to make it in Pakistan or you struggle mm-hmm. like, or you go to Dubai or like whatever. Yeah. You, or you keep trying to come to the U.S. But the fact that I come from this like weird little town in Pakistan, and now I'm like doing what I'm doing. It's just crazy to me. I'm constantly feel blessed. Which town was it? It wasn't Lahore. It's Lahore. It's it right Lahore. outside of Lahore. It's near Shalimar Gardens. Okay. 
which is, you know, outside of the city. It's far from like Defense and Goldberg and all those places. Right. Um, yeah, that's not a it's very not, rural, like a, inner city type town. For sure. It's not like you came from def- Defense to, to America. No, right. I didn't come from the America of Pakistan <laughs> right, exactly. to, the, to the actual America. Like it uh, took work, it took time, it took a lot, you know. Yeah, and huge culture shock, like huge difference in lifestyle. Like lifestyle there and li- the lifestyle I live now is like in crazy mm-hmm. far from. Um, you had to work all your way through college. You had to. Yeah. You had to support home and everything like that. Yeah. The, there was all these things that you had to do to push you to ju- not just be like this college student, right? Like you couldn't right. just be just a college student. You no. had shit to do. Yeah, but like that that, that became like the, a huge motiv- motivational factor in my career, in my life. It was just like, holy shit, I have this amazing opportunity to build the kind of career that I want in a place where I was unimaginable to me that I would be at. Um and I take advantage of every opportunity for that reason. So what, where do you think you, were, you would have ended up doing? Like, you, did you have a camera in Pakistan? No, right? Um, I probably had like a point and shoot, but there is no way that I would be a photographer there. What There's do you think you would have no been? no way. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't even know. So the fact that my mind has been opened up to creative fields is completely a product of being here. Like, I wouldn't think about being an artist if I if I was still living in Pakistan, I'd probably be like a computer science major. I'd probably be like, <laughs> you know, coding somewhere in in a cubicle, yeah. like wearing glasses, being hella nerdy. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah, they're doing great today. And all of my ambition and motivation comes from the fact that I have been given this opportunity to not be there. Huh. You know, so I so I obviously had a different upbringing than you did. Like I grew up in Long Island. Yeah. Um, my dad worked his ass off to get out of Pakistan and mm-hmm. like come here and like have a have a life for his family. And he needed, yeah. Like my dad also supports like his family back home mm-hmm. and like all like uh, and things like that. So I had a I had a, like a more privileged lifestyle when I grew up, mm-hmm. and it was very much like the the only I didn't know like strife i knew like kids being bullies and me mm-hmm. being like literally the one of the like the, the only nerd. brown person there me being a nerd me being a brown yeah. person just like it didn't help at all but like the uh to me i i like i don't know how i ended up here you know like my dad groomed me since i was like 14 to be in finance like I was taking care of his stock portfolio and all that kind of thing. There was no one pivotal moment in your life that shifted your focus to this. I, I don't really, I can't, I couldn't tell you. I mean, there are all those times where I would just be like looking at stuff online, but that was like. But a it's not process. that. It's not that guy who said you won't. Finance is not for you. That senior. That okay. I will say that that made me like I remember that you know like I remember where I was. Yeah. I remember. When um, his name was Fabiano, he, he like he was like this really <laughs> Fabiano, yeah, super Fabiano changed your life, yeah, this super happy and like inspiring Brazilian dude mm. that was like uh, at Stern with me, and that was definitely part of it. And I like I couldn't tell you if it was just like part of my personality, yeah, to just stray away, like if it was just like ingrained in me that I was destined not to be part of that, yeah. Or it was destined in me to just be like a fucking scumbag rebel, just to be like, I don't like bosses. <laughs> I'm the boss. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know what it is. And I, like, oops, oops, it's not me peeing. Yeah. 
I, I, I never in my life thought I would go to Sweden and now I'm going to Sweden for a week to, to film like a bunch of grad students do shit. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know if I'm just going to meet a bunch of Swedish people and just like have my entire mind blown from like the way that they live there. How many times have you been to Europe? You know? Yeah, not enough. Right. So that's another problem that I think is within my life right now is that I'm not. Um, I think I have a very like limited geo specific mindset. Right. Like I have a very New York mindset, and I just came back from LA um, a few weeks ago, and it opened up my mind a little bit, and I was like, I am open to the idea of being bicoastal now. I'm not okay with mm. just thinking about moving to LA. I'm not going to move to LA, but. This winter, I'm, I am going to go there for an extended stay and see if there's work for me out really? there. Yeah, and then and I think that if there is work for me, which I keep hearing there is, and there's people that keep wanting to meet with me, and I can't because I'm here. Um, and I have clients that have offices out there. My agency has an office out mm. there. Um, there is definitely a strong possibility that by next year, I'll be living half and half. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame you. I've been thinking about that with San Francisco, too. Yeah. And it's just, uh, and I always thought, did you always think this to me, like, I'm New York, or like, yeah. I'm to die? Yeah, I'm like, fuck every place yeah. else. Right. Why would I go anywhere? I live in New York. Yeah. But now, I'm just like, why don't I just, like, go to Prague for two years? Yeah. Like, why yeah. the fuck I'm totally not? open to that now. And it's so crazy, like... After tackling LA, I think that I do want to have a broader global mindset about my work, and think about going to Europe to London and Berlin, to Paris, and seeing if there's work for me out there. I mean, the, I do work for brands, and there's plenty of brands out there that need visuals. Sure. Do you, so do you believe in astrology? I Not really. Why not? Uh, I don't really... I, I don't... I think it's hokey, and I think it's just weird to make predictions based off of astrological kind of information so i used to be that way right i used uh -huh. to think it's really hokey and really? stupid and things like that yeah but but you believe in parallel universes well <laughs> astrology is more just that your personality is kind of formed based on like the order of the universe at this the yeah. point that you're born and things yeah. like that right so like the point of where the stars are and the, the planets and stuff like that yeah but then you know like um i i, I kind of like drank the kool-aid a little bit with like mm -hmm. mercury being in retrograde like when mm -hmm. stuff is going weird i have to like go check to see if mercury's in retrograde mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know why I, I think it's just like exposure to enough people who would talk about it yeah. and enough like material that i read about it i'm not like always looking at my horoscope or things like that oh okay but you know i did read one particular description about like a primal zodiac it was just like this combination of it was just like a combination of, like a bunch of stuff right okay and i read the description that was based on august 1985 mm -hmm. and it felt like someone has been following me around and writing an autobiography about me oh word. it was like it was it was like crazy how much it sounded like me okay and so that was the first time i was just like okay i need to start paying attention to this not like just immediately rejecting it you know yeah. uh and so i read about it and i'm just like i can get into this not like as like an everyday kind of thing but you know like i can understand why people do wrap their lives around this and i remember i had a conversation with somebody and just it was just about like open-mindedness right and she was just like you know like sometimes you just kind of have to put a full stop to what people said. I don't remember what she said exactly, but she's like, "What if, you know? What if someone came up to you and said the, um, the sky is green? Mm -hmm. 
And I was just like, sit down, shut up, and listen to what they say after that, mm-hmm. right? Because like for some reason they could be, you know, it could be something with like their eyes and like they see green. It could be uh, a metaphor for something and something like that. Like it, we're so immediately ready to just reject what everyone's going to say. That sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like your, your personality is based on the stars that we don't even want to hear about what they're going to say afterwards. Yeah. That, substantiates what they're about to say yeah and, and i ended that conversation just being like by the way the, the sky is green sometimes and i sent her a photo of the northern lights mm-hmm. so it was just like one of those things where yeah. you, you know like we, we take anything that's crazy and we reject it because it's outside of our, our realm of understanding yeah versus being curious and seeing what they want to say actually yeah so that to me has become like a big proponent of like where i'm going to be moving forward with my life mm-hmm. and that's something that i want to retain completely mm-hmm so yeah, that's episode twelve. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen? Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's Friday. I was thinking about how it's Friday and it's the thirteenth episode. Wow. Good job. It's like a, it's like you're, a it's like a sign. Yeah, your astronomy gods are Astro- probably astrology. Whatever. Same shit. It's it's really not the same thing. <laughs> your astronomy gods. Astrology? Yeah. Your oh, astrology gods. Wait, wait, I know what song we're gonna play. Ready? Wait, what's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Perfect.